2: Hey, it's your old pal Fitzy from Six Rings and Football Things. This NFL offseason, no days off. In fact, we can fit 25 hours in a day. That's because podcasts make you more productive. When you're folding laundry, paying bills, making omelets, or any other task you got to get done, listen while you work. Do your chores, do your job, and be entertained at the same time. It's all about the New England Patriots. The news, insight, analysis, and laughs on demand so it fits into your busy schedule. Follow Six Rings and Football Things in the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Right now, one of the college football showcases is on the television box and underway. That's right, the Senior Bowl, brought to you by Reese's, where our friend Jim Nagy frequently joins the airwaves here at WEI and tells us about the many great prospects uh, that are on display in one of the college football all-star games, as you will. That and the East-West Shrine Bowl, which took place just two nights ago and here to tell us about some of the talent that he witnessed uh, this week and who Patriots fans are going to fall in love with only to probably watch go to rivals would be, of course, joining us on the Harbor One hotline, the one and only Mike Cadlick from weei.com. Uh How has this information overload, download, senior bowl, shrine bowl, talent consumption fest gone for you so far this week, Mike?
1: Uh, there is a lot to take in, um, obviously split up between two weeks. I forget if last year, um, if they were on different weeks or if I just paid more attention to the Shrine Bowl because the Patriots were coaching. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, there's, there's a lot of talent. There's a lot of guys to obviously look forward to. Um, you try and look at it from a Patriots lens, but you also kind of just look at talent in general. Like, like when me and Andy did our, um, our one off Wednesday episode of six rings we' we're, we kind of start talking about defenders, or I tried to you know put it in because there's there's some good talent out there when you know really what we know is the three big holes here are quarterback wide receiver and tackle and so um, like you said, a lot of information overload, but we we'll, we'll try and cover as much as possible uh, you know as we as we get towards the draft here
0: so speaking of um, offense the week, um, one of the Topics du jour, as Rich keith would like to call it, <laughs> is Bo Nicks struggling this week. The quarterbacks, maybe in yeah. general, the top guys struggling a little bit. And then I saw a note today about the balls were slick and that was a problem. And Bo Nicks actually came around and his last day of practice was his best. So give me a uh, summary of what you think has gone on with the quarterbacks and, in particular, Bo Nicks this week.
1: Yeah. Uh, I mean, to be, to, Tell you the truth, I think the balls being slick is a load of garbage as far as an excuse thing. Like, I mean, I mean, what are we doing here? Like, I I think about it too. With you know, I remember a couple years ago they were talking about you know Mac Jones not being able to play in the weather, and it's like, well, you kind of need to be able to play in the weather to play quarterback in New England, (laughs) and you know, the same goes for any football. Like you have to be able to just grab the ball and throw it. And, they, you know, they like them perfect, and they like them at a certain PSI, and they go through the whole thing. Tom easy, Brady made easy, us well aware of that. When easy. He was here. We're not going down that road today. <laughs> no, but, I mean, it's true. So you you got to be able to, you know, grab the ball and throw it no matter what the conditions are. Um, as far as the quarterbacks in Mobile, uh, Michael Panik's not playing in the game today, but he looked probably like the, the number one guy there um, this week. Also mm-hmm. Spencer Rattler. Uh, has really rebounded himself this week. He's a guy who, a right? Couple he years really ago when he was, yeah, yeah. When he when he was at Oklahoma um, with Caleb Williams as his backup, he was supposed to be like the next big thing in the pros. There was mock drafts of him being the number one overall pick. Um, obviously, he, you know, that he fluttered out there. There was some bad PR around him, um, and now he, you know, he had a good season in South Carolina, and he had a good week this week in Mobile, and he he played well. Um, on his first on his first couple drives uh, in the game today as well, um, so he's a guy who has really you know done a done a 180 on on his outlook I guess for the league. Um, the other one, Bo Nix, Andy, you're right. He he wasn't great this week. He he struggles with accuracy. Like he he really doesn't impress me, Fitzie. I know he's one of your guys, but um, I'm not. I'm really not huge on Nix, um, even as like a second round pick. I just I just don't see it. Um, and then Joe Milton. Who has the strongest arm? One of the stronger arms I've ever seen from a quarterback. He had a decent week in practice, but uh, and he's from Tennessee, and he yep. uh, he he had a tough tough go of it th- today too. So it, it's never really the top tier quarterbacks at these events. Um, it's sort of your second, third round picks, and you know, just again, it's a showcase for a reason. Um, but that's sort of my my take on the quarterbacks. Because it was Penix and Penix and Rattler really had had the best weeks, I would say.
0: All right, you're
2: hearing it here first. Breaking news, everybody. All the quarterbacks in the 2024 draft stink, and the Patriots should go So take the tackle. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Take the tackle. Shut up and take the tackle. (laughs) Um, You know, it's funny, Mike. uh, I was saying before you jumped on a few minutes ago, I saw that Zappy was trending on Twitter. So I wanted to see exactly where this came from. No breaking news, nothing you have to surface to the website or anything like that. More just Uh, a number of conversations. (laughs) (laughs) thank goodness yeah i i I'm, I i'm a little busy right now to cover it for you as well and i know you are too but um there's yeah just conversations because it's the east west shrine bowl this week and because the senior bowl is going on now about quarterback needy teams and discussions taking place amongst fans online about who looked good this week who didn't and if the patriots will just basically you know we don't know which direction they're gonna go there were the conversations that were had this week like Does Alex Van Pelt coming back mean that Mac's coming back too? And is that going to be part of his job to rebuild Mac while also grooming the QB of the future? Or will the Patriots just flat out gut the room entirely and go with Jacoby Brissett and two draft picks? Like, could they go RG3 style like the team formerly known as the Redskins did in 2012 where they get a top-flight quarterback, then a mid-round quarterback, and then have a veteran presence in the room as well? Um, I was reading here... uh, Ryan Fowler said that uh, Keaton Slovis um, from BYU has spent a lot of time oh, yeah. around the Patriots this week. He played at Pitt and USC, so he's like a one of those multi. That was my boy.
1: I loved him at USC. Really? I bet him to win the Heisman like four years ago. It didn't pan out. <laughs> <laughs> Slovis, but I there like him. Go. I liked him when he was a Trojan.
2: Yeah. Uh, and so what so anyone else like are there any under the radar guys like a Slovis or someone else uh, who may have jumped out to you this week as well? I mean, I know I, like many, watched maybe for five minutes and saw Lad McConkie just basically cook everyone on a route and said, OK, yeah. I'll just grab the Mike Cadillac Patriot Spongebob reaction <laughs> picture and point to that. But there's no. zero chance they'll take him. So give me some of the other guys that jumped out this week to you.
1: So, I, I love McConkie, um, and I like Roman Wilson, the wide receiver from, from Michigan, too. He was good a hands on that who, kid, yeah. Yeah, good, good hands, rangy, um, like a not necessarily a huge, like, separator like McConkie is, but like a crisp route runner who just, you know, gets himself open. Who I, I mean, that impressed me from, from what I saw from him in Mobile. Um, I mean, Slovis didn't have a great week. We talked about that with Kyrie Thompson uh, earlier this week from, from the Shrine Bowl. Um, but, like, looking at the quarterbacks in general, and you mentioned the whole Alex Van Pelt thing, and I'm sure we'll get into that a little bit more in a second. I mean, there's obviously pros and cons with that hire. Um, one of the pros is what you mentioned, Fitzy. It's the fact that he's worked with quarterbacks before, and uh, he sort of, um, you know, is that he played quarterback in the league too, so he knows what it's like through a lens uh, of, the, of the signal caller. So uh, I don't really... I mean, as much as we can sit here and talk about some under the radar quarterbacks, like I still think we have to look at the top tier guys in, you know, Williams, May and Daniels, because Ian Rappaport talked about it yesterday on NFL Network saying that um, Van Pelt is going to have a hand in what they do at the top of the draft and sort of maybe not at the top of the draft, but developing that next quarterback. So. That sort of needs to be the focus, I think. I don't think they should take a tackle. I don't even know if they should take Marvin Harrison. Uh, it's going to depend. Again, we're talking about this, and it just turned into February. But um, right now, long story short, I look at, you know, you need to look at these top-tier quarterbacks. Uh, and then from there, people who stand out at these bowls should be, you know, your, your second, your third-round picks. Guys like, you know, the tackles like Tyler Guyton, who was, me and Andy talked about this week. Um mm. Again, those those wide receivers, your Wilsons, your McConkeys. Like I don't know if they'll bring in a guy like Lad McConkey, but I'm looking at, um, you know, again, quarterback at the top and everything else at the bottom because it's the number one position. You have a guy in here who's worked at the position before, so um, let's sort of develop that next guy and then use those two, three, four, five rounds for, for your, your filler uh, filler positions.
0: So big picture question, and but I'm going to have a specific example here because you just mentioned my guy Guyton, who we talked about on the one off. Yeah. And I've read that he didn't have a great week in practice, looked a little raw hand placement technique, which is not surprising. He's sort of a developmental guy with freakish upside. I take that as a positive because coming in, I saw rumblings like, oh, this guy could go in the top 16 picks in the draft. Well, yeah, maybe a bad senior bowl week drops him to, hey, uh, 34, let's say for the Patriots. Yeah, right. So, do you, where do you put the senior bowl in terms of a guy like that, that has either a good or a bad week in terms of the value along the road here to get to the draft? Is, it, is this like a 20% share and then the combines another 20 and then you already had 60% from their playing? Like how valuable is this week in this game to increase or decrease a player's stock?
1: Yeah, it's a good question. And I think it's, you know, it really goes position by position, person by person, right? Like, you know, you you when uh, you and Gresh talked with uh, Jim Nagy about this a few weeks ago, he was talking about how, you know, they really thought they had Jaden Daniels coming to this thing. Uh, and then he goes out and wins the Heisman and his stock is sky high. And now he doesn't even need to go to the Senior Bowl because he has right. nothing, you know, more to prove. And he also, uh-huh. not only does he have nothing more to prove, but he also doesn't want to plummet his stock by going out there and having a bad week. So um, it also happens with, the the combine right where guys won't run or guys won't throw because they're either going to run at their pro day or they don't want the number out there or they're just going to throw at the pro day because they have their receivers and it's not guys that they never worked with. So it's all very calculated from each, you know, each player's camp. Um, look, I think uh, Michael Penix this week practiced all week and he decided not to play today. So, um you you wonder if that's a a calculated thing where oh okay you don't want to go out there you don't want to get hurt a guy who's tore two acls in the past um or if it's just uh well i did my time and now i'm gonna bounce so i mean roman wilson who we talked about practiced twice and he got out of there um so it it is interesting and i really do think it's player by player um i don't think personally when I look at it like I don't think it can hurt you to go out there and you know just play football because it shows that you want to play football um now granted if Bo Nix were to throw four interceptions just gonna say
2: my god talk about the Bo Nix principle the guy like somebody snaps a football to someone else and Bo Nix appears like Beetlejuice like you rang
1: (laughs) well right that's the thing it's like it's you know it's tough to knock a guy for going to play but it's also you know don't go out there and throw three interceptions so it's you know, it, it's not perfect. It, it's hard to, you know, calculate what these guys should or shouldn't do. Um, but, you know, lo- long story short, I think it's it's a piece of that pie. It's a piece of the portfolio um, that these teams ultimately look at before, you know, before draft day in April.
2: Mike Cadlick, our beat reporter at WEI and com for the New England Patriots, joining us on the Harbor One Hotline. All right, Mike, your initial reaction to the Alex Van Pelt hiring I'm trying to be more positive about it I'm looking forward to the idea that we have someone who's actually done it before I'm uh kind of trying to give him the hope to the idea he's played the position he's coached the position he's been around a a number of different offenses others will say it's Uh a retread hire there's nothing sexy there's nothing exciting we wanted Shanahan we wanted McVay we wanted new progressive if it was going to be something like this you should have just given us McDaniels the reactions have been wide ranging and have been coming in fast and mostly furious. How do you feel about the hire?
1: <laughs> Andy's gonna love my answer to this one. Yep. I'm kind of on the I'm kind of on the fence. of oh, course you are. That's it. Come hang up
2: on him. He's never a welcome back. That's a...
1: Jesus. <laughs> so, all right. So, there, there Has are. Andy there's, taught there's you really... nothing. <laughs> there there are positives and negatives to both of them. Oh, my God. Um, with everything I in lean- life, there's pros and cons. What are you oh doing? Do you, are, do you
2: work in HR or are you the beat guy? Come on.
1: <laughs> no. All right. I do. I lean towards it being a positive. Um, of course so you will go with the positive. Um, <laughs> what do you want? Tell me what you want. I'll, I'll lean more towards <laughs> the positive uh, to start this thing off, and here's why. Um, and it's exactly what you mentioned, Fitzy. It's the fact that. He has worked with quarterbacks before, and he's been a quarterback in the league, and so he knows what make those makes those guys tick. Um, and it's not a guy who uh, you talk about a retread. Yes, it is a retread, but it's also a guy who you know isn't going to bolt for a head coaching job in two years because that's never really been you know his forte. Maybe it's because he hasn't been that good, but yep. um, it's it's also not. Like, it's not like Zach Robinson, right, who obviously we all wanted Zach Robinson here, but he comes in, he runs the system, he excels, and he leaves in two years, and he got to rejolt the whole thing again, where if Van Pelt can, you know, work with the front office, they bring in a guy, whether it's Drake May or, or whoever, call it Drake May for, for now, right, um, and they get to work together for the next five, ten years, and maybe Van Pelt stays for a lot longer because he's 53, and he – Uh, he doesn't, again, go take a coach. Even if it's five years, right? They build something, and he's not going to bolt in two years. So um, I I really do like, because if it was Nick Caley, Caley's never worked with quarterbacks. He's worked with tight ends, and that's that's pretty much it. So then you were going to have to bring in a quarterback's coach, and maybe they're not on the same, complete same page as the OC. So I do like the fact that the offensive coordinator is a quarterback's guy. So that's my positive spin on it. Uh, The negatives, I mean, it, it's obvious. He was just fired in Cleveland uh, because they didn't, you know, they wanted to go in a different direction, whether that's a new age, modern direction, which I know Andy loves those buzzwords about mm, the offense, but yeah. um, they wanted, they did, they wanted to go into a different direction. So he, he was canned in Cleveland that last year, but he didn't do a bad job. They worked with four or five starting quarterbacks. Um, five, yeah. Obviously Joe Flacco comes in and they end up going to the playoffs and um you know, doing their whole thing. So that's, but the, again, the negatives, he was just fired. He, he's he been sort of a retread. He's been around the block. He's, um, you know, been an OC before, but what I just talked about, about being a head coach, he hasn't really made that next jump yet. So you wonder what his ceiling is and if it's just kind of a guy who's just going to, you know, come in here and and wait around and not really do anything and then have to have to go. So um, I do, though I lean more positive strictly because of the fact that he has the co- the quarterback experience and that is really the number one need around here is you know bring in and developing that next quarterback.
2: Well, I'd let Andy bite your head off and give you the business more, but we're already quote up against it and then some here. Oh my um, God!
1: <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah, that's the excuse why
2: yep exactly yeah um uh, you can hear more from mike when he joins andy sometimes myself and others on wednesdays on the one-off wednesday edition of the six rings and football things podcast he joins us on the broadcast side occasionally filling in for your old pals fitzy and Hart on the rich Keefe show he's all over the place he's got a little bit of something to offer stay tuned at mike Cadlick on the twitter machine as well and you can read him at wei.com i'm sure they'll be more talk about who's shown brightest at the Senior Bowl and the Shrine Bowl and which draft crushes you should fall in love with, only to see them end up with the Jets, the Vikings, or the Cardinals <laughs> sometime soon. Mike, thanks for the time, as always. And uh, anytime Andy pushes this way, you make sure you push back and you stay in your lane and stay positive, guy.
1: Yeah, You got it, fellas. Thanks for having me. Have a good weekend.